0: Welcome everybody to another edition of the two Geese take podcast the first of 2024 we are back again it is us the guys and the slightly depressed fellas we'll get into <laughs> that in a sec <laughs> i am joined of course by mr endurance m and hi mr sim for the win
1: yes yeah, I'm. Mean, I, mean,
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Ugh, I feel like I'm boring on all the intros.
0: Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Gentlemen, we do have a lot of hockey to talk about today, but we also have some virtual hockey to talk about today, and we were yes. talking about it just moments before we started recording. And you know what? It's at the forefront of our minds anyway. So let's kick off the new year in talking about how disappointed we are in NHL 24. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, n- not as a whole. We're just disappointed that we cannot all play franchise mode together. That's And we got so yeah. close last night. We can get mm-hmm. two people. But that's it. Yeah. What the fuck so- keeps <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it was a thumbs up like la- why is balloons coming? Can you give another th- Hold
0: on. So for those who listen to this podcast, this is now two episodes in a row. Where on the video side, Sin has just randomly had this balloon effect. I thought it was a just, thumbs up last time. Is it? Can you do another thumbs up? I, I don't know. Nope, that's how did it didn't work. This. Like what? There is something that you do that is triggering a b- rising balloon effect <laughs> for your webcam. <laughs> we can't figure it out.
1: It's got to be through ZenCaster because.
0: Oh, it's so funny. <sighs> it's, so amazing. it's amazing. Amazing. Anyway. Uh, It's funny because those balloons will also be used when we celebrate the day that we have a connected franchise or something uh, Mm -hmm. that allows us to play franchise mode together in the modern titles. Now, for those who have followed uh, what we have done, the three of us collectively, because, yeah, you know, really the the core of it alongside Monkey Dude and Davos, um, you know, the the, the friendos of the, the Twitch side of things, of course. What we have done in the past is used emulation on my PC, which, if you you think it's piracy, I own copies of every game I play through emulation anyway, so fuck yeah, they got my money. Um, We use an emulator on the PC, and then there is a program called Parsec that essentially allows the fellas to mimic as if they are sitting on the couch right next to me with a controller attached to the console, even though Endo is in fucking Toronto and Sin's on the other side of the country, from me. Beautiful. Um, That led to us doing the uh, NHL 2K10 playthrough with the Ottawa Senators, um, which is up, I think that was on the second channel, an upload for that, where we played through a full 82-game season. Did we make the playoffs? I don't know. You're going to have to watch it to find out. But... (laughs) Um, we had an absolute blast with that and we wanted to wait until after the holiday season to start that kind of idea again and we were like okay do we we go back to 2K10 or maybe we go to an older EA NHL title to see like hey how much fun can we have with this and last night we tested out NHL Legacy Edition which was essentially NHL 16 just on the prior gen right because by the time NHL 16 came out on the Xbox One and the (laughs) PS4 Uh, They were in, just put out a game and see if we get extra sales mode on the previous gen. Yeah. Uh, But we had a hell of a lot of fun last night. We did. Um, Legacy, even in terms of position locking and playing against the AI, is still very fun. Shockingly. Shockingly fun uh we lost our first three games i'm pretty no, sure we won
1: we won the first and lost oh oh you mean yeah i was. I thought you mentioned in the tournament but yeah yeah, yeah. We, we lost the first three that we played and play now
0: yeah and then <sighs> we started uh essentially the the olympics and uh chose team finland and uh made it made it what we thought was a group stage <laughs> turned out to just be <laughs> deciding seating
1: <laughs> we
2: for no reason oh my god <laughs> Oh,
0: God, nothing like drama that's not actually drama. And it turns out, no, you were going to get the same result no matter what. Uh, But we had a blast with that game. And, you know, we've talked about now moving to potentially trying out other games as well from the era. You know, maybe we stick with Legacy. Maybe we go back to 2K10 and do a full playthrough on that. And, And the reason why we're looking at that option is because in NHL 24, It is not possible for me to be in franchise mode and to invite Sin, Endo, and company to, you know, to play within those games, to position lock, and then, hey, we do the same thing just on the modern games. It's not possible. We were close-ish last night, as Sin referred to, and Endo had tweeted about this earlier today. Um, The idea was thrown out in chat what if you use the Xbox Remote Play option on your PC? And then through Parsec, would it allow you multiple controllers? And the answer to that was no. Um, it did allow us one extra controller. So essentially, um, I had my controller plugged into my Xbox. And then because Parsec was up, it allowed Sin to control the PC controller even though i didn't have one plugged in it was recognizing inputs so we were able to get two people to play nhl franchise mode together but no more than that at yeah. least at the moment which is the biggest cocktail yes
1: because we went into it we we're like okay we're, we're not going to get our hopes up this isn't going to work in any way but it and then it worked with two and we're like oh, <gasps> oh there has mm-hmm. to be a way then there has to be a way but we we I mean, I'm for me. I was I stayed up till like 3 a.m. after we stopped because we stopped at 1 a.m. and yeah. I stayed up till 3 a.m. trying to look <laughs> online at stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure too, you did as well. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> and and that and like, it just sucks because like you get that close, even though you go into it without hopes, you get that close. You're able to get to possible content for like a duo franchise, sure, but y- mm. you get that. You get your foot in the door you want to be invited in and right. it's tough like I, there's no way to like do remote connection to the xbox either right it just has to be local
0: yeah it was it was speculated as to whether or not like okay if we were to do the thing where it's like i had give sin my login info and make his xbox my home xbox and then he does the same and my xbox is his home xbox but then Endo's is this and then like would there be a way to make that work but it's just it's unfortunately not possible right now it's just the way that like the xbox remote play feature is set up is as endo mentioned on stream last night it's designed for just um one controller which is dumb so man we tried We tried so hard, and I I want that to be a thing so badly. Um, The talk of GM Connected coming back, or just a connected franchise, whatever. It's something that we've talked about for years. Just the idea of the the content potential. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people view Connected Franchise as like, oh, it would have to be like me versus Sin and versus Endo, but it's like, No, it gives you the option to play on the same team together. Mm -hmm. And with the ideas that we've done already on 2K10, like we did, we weren't able to finish that particular run, but we uh, controlled the Sharks and did a fantasy draft. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm position locked to center, so I'm probably going to look for centers. But then, oh, this really freaking good defenseman still left. Am I going to be selfish and take a center for me, or am I going to take the defenseman for the better of the team? And it was just a really fun time, and there's there's so much potential. Yeah. And even though, you know, for example, with 2K10 or NHL Legacy Edition, we're playing against the AI, that's really not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I feel like that can be a satisfying enough You know experience yeah it doesn't always have to be the at least for us the online competitive sweat fest Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are just like nope if it's not this and it's not the best versus the best of all i don't want it i don't mind playing against the ai especially too you can customize them to make them more difficult that's part of the fun is to make them overpowered as shit and still beat them that's a big part of the fun (laughs) But yeah, that that whole thing has just been on my mind uh, all day today at the end of last night, too. And like said, mentioned, don't be surprised if you see us kind of do some of that type of two player franchise content for 24 just as almost a proof of concept to Mm -hmm. be like, EA, please, for the love of God, can we at least get the feature to invite friends to play games within franchise mode i should be able to go to the franchise you know to the lobby hit play a game and then invite sin invite endo invite five friends so we can do a full position lock thing that needs to be possible even if it means like okay well yeah you're not getting gm connected back but you get like this little feature about it that still opens up so many possibilities
1: and I just realized we have perfect assets to use in the sub-thumbnail, too. Remember our little photo shoot in, uh, Assembly? <laughs> when we're in suits? <laughs> Fucking, mm-hmm. that's the dual GM right there. Holy fuck. Oh, my God.
0: Allow me to, uh, send a DM to a certain Finn, um, saying, Hey, I need those pictures. I think he sent those to us recently. I need to, uh, Yeah,
1: he did send it That's few. hilarious, but... Oh, uh,
0: yeah, I have them right here. I have them there right here. Go. Hold on, I will, uh... I will, <laughs> I will put this up on the uh, the video portion of the podcast oh, man. Um And for those who do not watch on the video portion, well, you're missing out. Give me one second here to... Uh, there we go. You guys should be able to, <laughs> should be able to
1: see that. Holy I mean, shit. What a baller. There's some other good ones there, too, I'm yeah, sure. But there, that there one's are.
0: funny as fuck. There are so um, good times ahead, I would say one way or another, even if we don't exactly have what we want right now. But since you mentioned it, the the term proof of concept of just like, here's the possibilities. Here's the fun that can be had. Like I'm not asking for the wheel to be reinvented right now. It's like, just give us a little bit more creative freedom to do some things and something to (laughs) To distract me from having to work on custom rosters and realizing yeah. how bad they are and how long it takes to edit their rosters, because that that's gotten to the point where I'm just like I'm just I, I'm almost I'm almost giving up type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, NHL 24 the last week of 2023 wasn't great. We played ESL once, and I almost put my fist through my desk. Because the game played so poorly that night in terms of pickups and everything. And then I've been continuing on with the roster editing process. And if I wasn't like 40% of the way through, if I was at like 15 or 20%, I'd just drop it at this point. Like it's taking so long just to get through the NHL. Because as we joked about on the last show, Sin, right? With like the the ratings and face off ratings for guys on the sharks and stuff like that uh it's abysmal and mm-hmm. as it is like we mentioned the sharks i actually got around to editing the sharks and Nico sturm had like a 77 <laughs> when he has like a 60% win percentage this season,
1: yeah so i think it shit. was like around 80 actually but still like if he has 66% win it should be 85 plus like
0: yeah for- yeah so it's just it, it's been a rough time in that regard to the point where it's like okay if they don't fix the roster stuff i am looking at not roster editing anymore moving forward it's just way too time consuming um while i haven't fully announced everything yet i have kind of hinted towards like hey i'm gonna have some changes to the content this upcoming year um i want to get back to making retrospective stuff the ea versus nhl cold war series that i had and stuff like that like I really want to get back to making those because one, they're fun to make. It it you know allows a little bit more kind of creativity, and it just scratches a different itch as a creator. And a lot of the time that I put into roster editing could go to that, so like the time trade off just isn't worth it. Even though roster editing uh, makes franchise mode more fun for me, makes my content different than everyone else's, like it's just that trade off isn't worth it unless they fix that system. So now it's like, all right, well, here's a new thing I'll ask for. And please, God, give this to me because we didn't, you know, it doesn't look like we're getting the roster changes. So can I get this nice thing, please, Mm -hmm. to keep me distracted and entertained? Or I I don't know where I'm going to be at for uh, modern NHL content. But
1: it's
2: not just you. Um, One of my bosses that I used to work at, uh, I used to work at a wine store when I was like 18, 19, fresh out of, college I was like fuck i need to get need to go into the workforce so I dropped out and my boss was like hey do you play nhl i'm like yeah i love nhl it's a great i love playing with friends He said do they still have gm connected this is like 19 so like nhl 17 18 era he's like hmm. do they still have gm connected You can like invite your friends and everything and play online He's like no they they got rid of gm connected it's like well like That was how he used to, like, stay in touch with his, like, relatives and play NHL. You know, just have conversations, run a franchise team, and do that. They used GM Connected as, like, a co-op franchise mode, like, what we're trying to do. So it's not as if we're trying to think of a new concept here at all either. Like, we've used the program. We've used, like, previous games, non-EA-affiliated, to, like, get stuff to work. Now we're doing it with with an EA-affiliated game, and now it seems like some eyes have definitely been, like, you know, some eyes and ears are leaning in a little bit more and seeing if the concept itself is actually, you know, not viable, but if it's fun. Because if it's fun out of one thing, I think developers themselves would put a bigger push towards it. Because I think they'd rather do something more in the gameplay aspect or feature with gameplay than fix a roster thing that like maybe like 5, 10, 20 people in comparison complain about. Unfortunately.
0: It's fair. Yeah, it was fair to vocalize. it's okay. fair, gentlemen. With that, anything else on the topic or? Uh,
1: nope, I think we covered it. I think we're yeah. I'm just a sad boy
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sad, man. I ended the last show of 2023 as a sad boy. As Sin and I got to talk when when Endo disconnected, Sin and I got to have that conversation about why did hockey in 2023 feel so meh, and we talked about how the You know, so many real world events and the toxicity and the conversation surrounding that seeps into the NHL. And it's just like, oh, it's just it's not escapism anymore. And now we talk about how a form of escapism in the video game side of things is also letting me down. So we're off to a great start. But with that, we will move on. We got a couple of viewer questions here and a lot hockey topics to talk about as we mentioned from just the past week alone but let's kick things off with pens fan who asks in all reality i don't know what okay out of thatcher demko alex nadelkovich and Lukas dostal which of them has shocked you guys the most this year now this is obviously brought up in the aftermath of the leafs ducks game last night which the leafs did win uh two to one In overtime, Austin Matthews gets the winner, 30th goal of the season. But the story of the game was Dostal, who was insane. He made 55 saves, which is a franchise high for the Ducks. And uh, despite, Endo, did you see the Toronto Sun uh, headline about Lucas Dostal?
2: Uh, Yeah, I saw it. I don't pay attention to the Toronto Sun because they're a bunch of hacks, and Steve Simmons doesn't deserve a job at all. I mean, you know what? The Toronto Sun is an article is a out of all the articles newspapers in Toronto, they are the one who like legitimately they don't care about how you get clicks, but you get clicks. That's all they care about.
0: That's other uh, places, but yeah, their headline was essentially. uh calling Lucas Dostal a, a no-name goalie. Uh, and even the, the Duck social media team on Twitter clapped back, and it's like, uh, he was rookie of the month. He, You're fucking idiots. And uh, yeah, correct. Uh, Dostal has been very, very solid yeah. for the Ducks this season. Um, his play led to a lot of conversation about like, oh, shit, John Gibson, is he a little bit more expendable now now that said he's on a bad team and in terms of you know base numbers and again goals uh, against average save percentage not everything but it is a 3 3 goals against average and a nine-zero-one save percentage right like this isn't a guy who's competing for the the Vezina this season um in terms of his goals saved above expected as well uh negative 0.9 So it's not as if this is a guy who's like, oh, my God, future Vesna candidate. I mean, maybe, uh, but it was an incredible performance last night. Um, So has he necessarily, like, shocked me with how he's playing? Up until last night, no, because that's not the level of play that he's showcased this season, essentially. Um, if anything, I'm more shocked about the Leafs goaltending situation and how Ilya Samsonov was sent down to the AHL.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, uh, that's great. Um, Two Leafs goalies, we essentially. About this quick essentially. Campbell and Samson. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's like the three worst guys in the, the three worst goaltenders in the league all got sent down through waivers at one point. This at one point, like basically last month, this month, it's crazy. Hmm.
1: Who's the, who's um, the third one?
2: Uh, was it the goalie for the uh, Buffalo Sabres.
1: Can't remember uh, who it was. Was it yeah. Levi at the time? Um, I mean, geez, Levi. Who was? Levi's just young. I wouldn't call him yeah. bad. Hold so,
0: on. okay. So a, a couple things here, right? Really quickly. And we'll talk about the worst goalies in a second. Um, In regards to Nadelkovic, by the way, for Pittsburgh, um, he has a 924 save percentage. And a goal saved above expected of 7.7. I'd say he's the one who shocked me the most. Because that's shown that he's had it. Like, Thatcher Demko has shown that he's had it. Yes. And surprise, surprise, like, he is a big part of the reason as to why the Canucks are in the conversation of best team in the NHL. Um, Demko this season, 9.17. Percentage, uh, save percentage, goal saved above expected, 11.1. But... In the past, for Demco, um, you know, last season, just going off a of goal saved above expected, last season was a negative 2.8. Season before that, 14.9, 8.2. Nadelkovich, prior to this season, negative 4.4. And then his first season in Detroit after Carolina traded him, negative 11 Yeah. in terms of goal saved above expected. Um, atrocious, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at this season, though, and talking about Ilya Samsonov, he had an 862 save percentage in 15 Jesus. appearances with the Leafs, a 3.94 goals against average, and a goal saved above expected of a negative 15.42. Oh.
2: Yeah. And that he's is...
0: Only the second-worst unusable GSAA this season, by the way. Uh-oh. The worst, Auntie Ranta. Oh. 15 games, 8.55 save percentage, and a negative 15.98 GSAA.
2: Who also got sent on waivers, yeah. who was supposed to go, you know, you're supposed to go to an AHL affiliate, but Carolina doesn't have an AHL affiliate, so they had to come to terms individually to send him down over there. Because if it wasn't for that, he'd get sent down to the East Coast Hockey League, because that's the direct affiliate they'd have, or they'd have mm-hmm. to loan him to a or loan him out to a different team. Also, the goalie I was talking about was Eric Comrie, who has a 0. .863 save percentage and averages 4.01 goals against. Yeah, it but, but has seven even games. been, been a starter? Saveers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not really. He played seven yeah. Third straight. Yeah. Um, for the record, the, the worst goalies in terms of GSAA, uh, Ranta, Samsonov, Arvid Soderblom on Chicago. But I mean, fuck's sake, he's on Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. mean, he's been bad, but I mean, everyone's been bad. Um, Vitek Vanacek is in fourth, hmm. for New Jersey. Yeah. And then in fifth, Mackenzie Blackwood. Which is a little bit surprising because at the start of the year it was like shit, man, he's playing really well. Um and he just he wasn't able to hold on, basically. You can
1: only weather the storm so long in San Jose. Yeah, he's he's kind of fallen off.
0: Yeah. So uh, other goalies in that mix, by the way. Jonas Corposalo on Ottawa. Ooh. Yeah. Uh Philip Grubauer. Still in the conversation for one of the worst goalies in the league for Seattle, which is brutal Um, Mm uh we'll be talking about some positives for seattle shortly but yeah to to answer the initial question i think it has to be nadelkovich out of those three who's actually done well um i wouldn't even uh, the funny thing is though then you can get into the conversation of like who's the most surprising goalie um do you guys know who is leading the nhl right now in gsaa
2: hmm trying to think I got nothing.
0: 36-year-old starter for the Los Angeles Kings. Huh? Cam Talbot. Wow. Cam Talbot is leading wow. the way right now, which is uh shocking, honestly. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him though. He's <laughs> turning the clock back. Um by the way, fourth place just a just to be okay, like, hey, in Fourth place. Uh Aiden Hill for the Vegas Golden Knights because Yeah. Yeah. Stanley Cup champion, Aiden Hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: um fourth round pick, Aiden Hill. Yeah. Well, worth a fourth round pick. Whatever. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Well, it's funny about the Sharks then. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit out of order for what we had here because I feel like there's a a good kind of a twist to take to this. I saw a bleacher report list. Um Of what was each team's New Year's resolution. And I wanted to know if you guys agreed with what they put for each of our favorite teams. Sure. And for the San Jose Sharks, draft Macklin Celebrini.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, 25% at best is your chance to do that. Luckily, there's Iserman as well, and he looks pretty fucking good. But Celebrini, I think, is the prize.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, the God,
1: I want it so bad. And if I don't get it, Chicago cannot have it. Fuck me. That'll be just so disgusting. <laughs> I know, but it's just how they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: God. Uh, Macklin Celebrini, by the way, um, eight points and five games for Canada at the World Juniors as a 17 year old. He doesn't turn 18 yep. until June. So, it's a good draft, but yeah, he does appear to be uh, potentially the gem of it. Certainly, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, they listed get past the second round. <laughs> so, I mean, mean, for the bo- <laughs> I mean, it
1: was perfect. It right you're <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Didn't have to say it.
0: <sighs> and for yeah. the Boston Bruins. They listed get a first line center.
1: Got a job which, fair, but how dare you?
0: How dare you insult, according oh, to Zaka. Cap Friendly's lines right now, Morgan Geeky like. that. Oh, it's not even freaking Zaka.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, so the Bruins lines on Cap Friendly listed a Zaka Geeky imposter knock on the top line.
1: Fuck, if you get a one I mean, you're already first in the NHL. Are they still? Yeah, based on on points and points percentage. Fuck me, I didn't realize twenty three seven and six. Let's fucking go. Um,
0: yeah, God, uh, I don't think Patrice Bergeron's coming out of retirement. He he seems to be enjoying retirement quite well. Um, oh God, we'll be talking about that more in the next month or so in terms of like, oh, who could the Bruins get? I think the biggest name out there is still Elias Lindholm. Even then, I don't think you ideally. Like, Elias is Lindholm's your number one center? It's not bad, but it's still not what most people would call the true number one center.
1: Yeah, he's more of a one B. Right.
0: I think if you he, he he's the David Krejci. If you can have David Krejci as your two C behind somebody even better, you're a contender. That's what the yeah. Bruins had last year with Bergeron and Krejci. I. I just don't see what player would possibly be out there to be like, yes, this legitimate one C we joked about for like all of last year about Tomash Hurdle. He resigned with the Sharks until 2030. Yeah, I don't see that happening. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, it would. It's a lot of cap to take on for you guys. And we'd want a heck of a return, which you guys don't really
0: have. Draft picks and a couple of people in the mix, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you talk about a trade like that, it would be Matt Potter, It would be Mason Lori Somebody of that. Jeremy <coughs> <village. Me> Swayman. <swimming. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I won't blame you for never giving up on that. No. Role, because I that's want- what you He's should hope for. so
1: good. He's so fucking good.
0: Ugh. Second in the NHL in terms of goal saves uh, above, ex- above average, by the way, for Jeremy Swayman. Makes sense. Helmet, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I could, I I could rack my brain about what center would possibly be available. But even now, as I'm looking on NHL.com and the, the list of top scoring centers, um, Steven Stamkos hasn't resigned in Tampa yet. I don't see that happening though. Um, we could finally just, Don Sweeney could rectify his biggest mistake of all time and trade for Matt Barzal.
2: (laughs) (sighs) I thought it was the Mitchell Miller signing.
0: Okay, his second biggest mistake. (laughs) Gotcha! (laughs) Fair enough. We we like to forget about that as much as we can, because Jesus Christ, what an embarrassment that was.
2: Oh, Um, yeah. I'll never
0: forget. I'll never forget. (laughs) Never. We mentioned... Uh, kind, kind of a passing there, two different aspects of future topics we're going to cover, but I think we'll go back on, on track with what we had kind of on our run sheet here. And that was our second viewer question, which comes from one sister, Christian cage in honor of the debut of the PWHL this past week, which cities would you want to see the PWHL expand to in years to come? And I feel like this is a really good opportunity to talk about the opening week Of the league's season. Because if you've listened to our show in recent months, it will come as no surprise to any of you um, that we were incredibly worried about this league heading into the season. And I would say justifiably so. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of concerning aspects of the league, whether it be where the hell are these teams going to practice? Where the hell are these teams going to play? What the hell are these teams going to be named? Where the hell can I watch the games now that we are at least a game into the season for each team. And there's been a lot of positivity. Like it's easier to feel better about the league right now. There's still some concerns about the future. You know, is it still the best thing to head into this league with your teams being PWHL, New York, PWHL, Minnesota, probably not, but they got some wins. This week, the on ice product has been very entertaining. I would chalk that up to them being like, play physical hockey. Let's go. Go ahead. And you've had the skill level on display as well. Pretty much out of the gates in regards to some of these bigger players. Uh, Boston played Minnesota last night in the first game for each of those two teams. And Minnesota ended up winning that game. But it was really cool because the number one overall pick in the PWHL draft, uh, I believe it's Taylor Hasey, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Sorry for the pronunciation there. Uh, but she scored the first goal for Minnesota. Uh, and It was a pretty nice shot, too. So, uh, you know, the on ice product has been good. The crowds have been decent as well. Between three and almost 9,000 people for games, which is fucking awesome. And perhaps the most important thing—you can actually watch the fucking games.
1: Yeah, every
0: game is aired on their YouTube channel for free, and you can watch it. There's no blackouts. There's no nothing. Like, yes, it's on television depending on the market that you're in, but you can actually watch the goddamn games. It's accessible. Compared to the NHL where I saw somebody mention they were in, I think they were in Ottawa or something. And they were having trouble watching the Sens Canucks game from that night. For as many of the ass backwards approaches that we talk about for the NHL, the PWHL has a lot of positive momentum right now. When I think a lot of people were like, oh, God, don't let this be a disaster. And I think that's a big part of it, too, right? Is people are willing this on to just be like, fuck the shortcomings. We want this to work. Please, God, let this work. Let's do what we can to make this work.
1: Yeah,
2: that's the reason why the that's the reason why, like, half the teams have like all the teams don't have actual actual uniforms, like individual identifiable uniforms and everything, because the players wanted to play. There have been several interviews that they've had where they've been like, we wanted to play and we wanted to play a physical game. They wanted to find referees. I know Sayora, Sayora Tinker, uh, who is a former uh, PHF player, and I believe also a national team player as well. Yep. She retired and is now a commentator working with, uh, I believe, CBC and also covering you know women's hockey and everything. And she said that when they were putting the lead together, they wanted to essentially have players be able to have contact and do certain things. And I remember in the All-Star game, they talked about, oh, why do women hockey players will usually wear cages and everything? Because they don't get dental coverage. And don't get certain things, certain things on the same way as well, which is which is hilarious as well. Now that, you know, under certain agreements, they have benefits, they're getting paid essentially the same amount of money as an ECHL or to an AHL or to play on their, their set teams. They have money, they have the coverage, they have the per diem, they have everything that makes them finally legitimate hockey players. Right. And now with the advanced rule book that they've now introduced, not only including physical play with two players contending for the puck, you're, you're going to rarely see open ice hits like hip checks and all that stuff. You'll see it. You you might see it later on in the season, but you saw from like the first game of the Toronto versus New York game, uh, which typically Toronto lost, you know that's you know big games like that. Toronto always loses. Um, just Toronto sports mean Toronto sports kind of thing, and just throwing the body hits into the stanchions, into the boards. Um, they're like the girls want to play physical hockey. It's that the rules set that they were following in other other leagues in North America didn't allow them to do that. If you look at the SHL, uh, the Women's Swedish Hockey League, they have contact, they have full hitting and all that, and they they go through it and everything. It's that over here in North America, they didn't want to do it. If you watch a rivalry series game with um, Canada versus the U.S., there's contact. There was tons of contact because they specifically said, we want to be able to be physical in these games, and they get physical. Anytime you watch Canada versus U.S., even back to 2010 in Vancouver, that was a physical-ass game. Mm. That was a huge game. It was physical as well, too. So... It was all about getting the rule book set up and adjusted and everything. God, I feel nasally. Give me, give me a second. I'll
0: be right back. You know, in regards to the PWHL as well, um, there was a, a thread that I had seen on Reddit yesterday um, on the R Hockey subreddit where someone asked, stupid question, why is the PWHL hyped up so much more than any previous women's league? What are they doing differently? Um, And the top response on that thread, I thought, summed this up perfectly. In terms of the pros, you have a super billionaire owner. Essentially, there is more money funding this league than ever before. (coughs) The con, essentially, is that, well, the entire league and all the teams are owned by that same ownership group that has the funding. They mentioned other pros in regards to, like, hey, all the best players are here, reasonable salary, so on and so forth. But there was someone else who responded to that top comment with, I thought, was was a very interesting point. I don't know for sure if there's truth to it, but it could be. It makes sense. In terms of the idea of the ownership of the PWHL essentially being one group, the person responded saying, well, what if the league... What if that ownership group is using this first season as their proof of concept and then instead of branding their teams this year, you're hoping that by showing, hey, this is what it is, you're then going to sell those franchises to owners next year who can put their own spin on what they want that team to be and they're going to have to pay a hell of a lot more after season one if it's a big success then they would have bought into a new property and if that's what they're doing if that's why they backed out which i don't know if that quite lines up because we had all those rumored team names and stuff like that so i i still think there might be a little bit more credence to the idea of like there was negative backlash towards the names that were proposed but if that's what they're doing and they end up you know, being like, hey, Ryan Reynolds, you want to buy the Ottawa women's team and name it the, the Deadpools? Come on down. That'd be pretty damn good for the league, too, in terms of financial stability.
1: And also, if the this billionaire is pretty savvy, um, he would have purchased just copyrights because they're not that expensive. And then leaked them yep. and be like, all right, let's see. Let's see what people think. Like, that's the right. easiest, like, st- um, focus group type thing to do is just mm-hmm. leak, leak your buy some fucking copyrights because if you're a billionaire, they're nothing. Um, yeah. right, just I will say
2: those. with the names, they should do what the CWHL did with their names. Have teams that are affiliated with them. Use something that's very similar for their names. So Toronto, go back to the Furies. Um, let's say Ottawa, go back to the whatever they had before. They didn't, have a, they didn't have a team before, but, you know, kind of thing. I will say for teams to expand off of in the future, I would love for Oh, this would be a perfect opportunity for the PWHL to kind of be a quote unquote test market for the NHL teams. People want a team in Salt Lake City, put a Salt Lake PWHL team there. You want mm. Houston, maybe possibly in the future, expand out. I think what they have to do for this league is not expand too quickly. I think the first Absolutely. couple years is going to be, you know, just the original six or consolidate. Um, the one original, the women, the, the original woman, six, whatever the fuck, just the original six teams. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, bring in two teams, bring in something there, go here and there, maybe collaborate with, you know, former teams that were, you know, former regions that used to have a team in like the PHF or the NWHL and, you know, work, work something out that way. So that way those teams can not necessarily come back, but you can put a team in a location that's kind of close to there. I think it's good that the locations for the teams are very, very close by in terms of proximity with travel and everything. So you save a little bit more. So that way, when your league becomes more profitable, you can, you know, expand out that way. I think it's going to mostly stay like mid, like mid to like East Coast. It's where it's going to be for a couple, maybe like ten years or so. Then maybe expand out after. You don't want to go too big too fast.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's a huge thing for them right mm-hmm. now. Is just you know you, you don't want to. You need to prove that this is sustainable because yes. if you do, then the player pool will naturally grow. You know, more women will choose to be like, Oh, okay. I can actually pursue a career in professional hockey as opposed to being like, well, I play it in college, but that's, uh, I'm, I'm going to pursue my degree as opposed to this professional career. Right. Um, eventually that player pool will grow. The talent level will grow, which will necessitate the growth of the league rather than growing the league and hoping that the player pool continues to develop. Because then you run the risk of diluting your product, essentially, where it's just like, and, you know, you, you won't be able to blame the talent level of it. It's just it is what it is based on the the structure of women's hockey so far, yeah. you know, especially in North America. You know, if you add in four teams within the next two seasons, you're going to end up with a lot more lower level talent in the league. That's just the reality of it, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that right now you are highlighting the best of the best. That is the best way to sell this to people right now. Is exactly. okay. This is what it is. Um, I
2: will say the best suggestion they could do after this season or a couple seasons, you invite the you invite like a top team from the women's SHL. You invite a team from the ZHL, which is the Russian affiliate and Russian like women's hockey league over there. You invite them and you have a something kind of like like a Memorial Cup kind of thing or the teams play each other. They have a round robin. One team goes to the top and do something like that. Have something where you have the best professional women's teams in the world playing against each other. Something like that could grow it as well, too. Not only just for here in domestic markets, but also internationally to see that you know what women's women's hockey is international in a way in a way that's not just you know playing for your country. You play for the city. You play for the region in your in a country as well.
0: In regards to the ownership group as well, I wanted to mention it. Um, it is the Mark Walter Group. Um, That includes the co-owner of the L.A. Dodgers, Mark Walter, uh, his wife, Kimbra, as well as tennis legend, Billie Jean King, um, Mark Walter, um, American businessman and the CEO of Guggenheim Partners, a privately held global financial services firm with more than $325 billion in assets under management. to have Mark Walter obviously involved in that being the CEO of a company that's that goddamn big this guy's fucking loaded I believe that's the technical term Mm -hmm. the medical term fucking loaded he spent
2: a billion dollars this offseason on two Japanese baseball players I'm pretty sure he has enough money for the for six teams (laughs) six women's hockey teams that are you know operating in arena sizes between 2600 and And 8,000. He can make it happen. By the way, that is hilariously undersized for PWHL Toronto who sold out and they basically had a packed house. They had had 60 empty seats, but it was a whole full packed house. I tried to get tickets to go with Polina's dad before he left to go back home to Russia. Because like, hey, you know, we already saw Marley's game. You saw your daughter play. Here's the brand new women's league that just kind of, you know, was here. Come watch that. And it was sold out and so they need to upgrade to a bigger arena the biggest arena they can upgrade to is Coca-Cola Coliseum which seats uh, 8,000 8,100 people can sit Coca-Cola Coliseum and that's the only upgrade they can really do besides Scotiabank Arena that's like 20,000
1: I think just keep selling shit out right now Mm -hmm. I think I think don't don't try again it's but back to that don't try to grow too fast just keep selling shit out
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, a really relevant topic for me as a wrestling fan. You know, I've talked about AEW a bit on the show here and there, obviously since I'm a huge wrestling fan, so it's not something that comes up a ton. Um, but that is a company that's five years old now, where uh, one of the biggest controversies for them of 2023 was that they would charge quite a bit for ticket prices when tickets would first go on sale. So ticket sales would look kind of weak. But then in the last week or so, the prices would drop and then they'd get thousands of people at their shows. Yeah, Um, it's one of those things right now where it's like that's not the best look. Like what you want is for tickets to be dirt cheap and for as many people to show up as possible. And that is what the PWHL needs right now is for these buildings, even if they're smaller, to be fucking packed and loud for every single game. And as it stands, Endo mentioned Toronto. Um, I saw people being like, "Yeah, but how well are they really doing?" Type of thing, like in terms of like making money, or like are people really buying jerseys right now? The Toronto PWHL teams' jerseys are sold out on their website right now. They're they're the only one of the six teams that have a sold out jersey set at the moment. Um, And for other teams, uh, for Boston, um, there are only youth sizes left for Boston replica jerseys, because I looked and I was going to get one. They are essentially sold out of adult sizes.
1: You can squeeze to youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that guy in a little coat. I was Ottawa. referencing your
1: height, but you know, <laughs>
0: fair enough. Ottawa sold out with everything except for youth, uh, youth sizes, New York sold out for everything except youth sizes. Uh, Montreal, they were still working on getting the jerseys set up. So Montreal jerseys are available. And Minnesota, well, if you wear a medium or a small, you are in luck. aside from that, it is just youth sizes. This league's doing very well out of the gates. And again, you know, I don't think people were wrong to react to like some of the news that was coming out, because it's like, oh God, some of this does seem rushed. But it, it is amazing how quickly things can change. And I think a big part of that too, is just people want this league to fucking succeed. Yeah.
1: I, so didn't, I didn't get to tune into a game, but I got massive FOMO here and everyone talk about, talk about the first week. So I'm definitely making it a point to to catch some games and I got to choose a favorite team. Yeah. Cause I'm not and waiting until I mean, they expand to California. That could be fucking
0: years. Um, This Friday, New York and Toronto, 7 PM Eastern. Um, and then Saturday, Montreal and Minnesota at 2.30 p.m. Central are the two games coming up this weekend for the PWHL. So, again, uh, their YouTube channel is where you can find every game, uh, which is incredible. And I, I hope they continue that even once it's like, OK, we got a bigger TV deal or whatever. It's like make the game accessible. It has to be.
1: I'm going to toss in a sub right now if I can. There we go.
0: There you go. And uh, oh, oh, I can watch VODs, of course. Jesus, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the replays are, are up there too. The,
2: the games is they all three games on the YouTube side of things have over a hundred k
1: views. Oh yeah, I just yeah. see that now. That's great. Fans that's fucking fantastic.
2: That's, that's a good start for the league.
0: Very very good. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say too, and in terms of like, okay, that future expansion talk, right? because um, Endo mentioned the idea of, like, okay, you could be the testing ground for the NHL with, like, Salt Lake City, stuff like that. Um, obviously, too, I think you want to capitalize in the future on proven markets, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure based on who they're looking at, you would want a team in Chicago. And I think Chicago would be great. Like, honestly, if I'm I'm the Words family, I would be – First in line to be like, yes, we, we would like you know, the the, the Blackhawks the, the women's team, basically. Um you know, we'll, we'll see if they slap Sacagawea's face on the jersey. Um <laughs> <laughs> What you gonna tell me I'm wrong?
1: <laughs> <Just look. laughs> oh god.
2: It's a good step,
0: not gonna lie. God damn it! Uh, you're um, funny. The, the, there's a lot of crossover potential between the yes. NHL teams that are already established, and there is some already too. Like for the PWHL Boston team, uh, they named Hillary Knight captain. Patrice Bergeron was the one to kind of show up and be like, "Hey, here's your here's your new captaincy jersey and stuff like that," which is really cool. Um, there there is a, a lot of potential here. A New York team that actually plays in New York would probably be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Also,
2: um, shout out to the goaltender for um New York. I don't even know her goddamn name. I know Polina was telling me. Um, she was a starting goalie for Polina's um uh was it her preps her prep team when she was back up on Balmoral Hall. Like she was starting goalie and she's the reason why Polina sat out the entire season. So yeah, shout out to you.
0: Congratulations. Corinne Schroeder.
2: Yep. She went to Marrow Hall for you know high school uh and yeah congrats to her first shutout in uh, pwhl and you're the reason why my fucking fiance uh quit hockey for five years so fuck, <coughs> fuck you no, i'm joking
0: <laughs> i like how you had to go no, full Pierre. it's like oh yeah she played college, for- <laughs> college yeah, hockey yeah. <laughs> yeah oh former goaltender for the boston pride by the way which yeah uh, yeah, I, I still have that jersey, and hopefully uh, when, whenever I get a PWHL jersey, hopefully it's the last freaking Women's League jersey I have to get instead of like, ah, yes, here's the new one. So, yeah. It's anyway. a
2: new league. That's a federation.
0: Oh, dude, the PHF. What a terrible fucking decision that was to rebrand to the premier hockey federation. And their yeah.
2: socials for the longest time were still NWHL.zone because that. they didn't want to lose the cop. They didn't want to lose it for that. It was bad, dude. It was it was bad. The Toronto Six was actually a funny thing about this, the the social the the social media manager for the Toronto Six came out and announced basically like, hey, yeah, so the six was already finalized as a team name. Hundred percent finalized. I'm like, yeah. It it kind of grew on you a little bit, but mm. like if they had no if I feel like if they had a Drake affiliation, that would have been sick, but they didn't really have a Drake affiliation. <sighs> so it was kinda like, we're just called the six.
0: Thank God they didn't have a Drake affiliation though. I could um
2: Someone said that the <laughs> the reason why the PHF got sold was because a Toronto league won. A Toronto <laughs> team won the league and they said that was not right. It's not supposed to happen.
0: The whole thing Of Do you see the fucking Drake Bieber response On Instagram No Justin Bieber went to a, what a Leafs game With his wife And Drake's like why didn't you invite me To look at the puck bunnies <laughs> He is uh, He's incredibly Successful And I give him credit for that but Aubrey Grow the fuck up, dude.
2: You Hold are thirty
0: seven years old.
2: To quote his son in his song My Man Freestyle. Don't talk to you, my man like that. I know I like it when you like it. My 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 my, my man, my
1: man, my <laughs> the fuck did I come back to?
2: Oh, we we're talking about how um uh Drake got in his feelings uh because uh yeah. What's go? Justin Bieber went with his wife to a leaf game. He said, Why did not you invite me, sad face? And I said, You know what? Don't talk to my man like that. I don't like it when you like that. My my, 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 my man, my man, which is uh Drake's son, Adonis.
0: The kid yeah, no, I heard all from that part.
2: world into the world trying to hide from the kid. Adonis. Appreciate, appreciate the play by play recap. Keep thing. going.
0: Yeah. Keep going. Yep. It's good. My man um, it's fine though. Drake, Drake, even if he was invited, wouldn't have gone anyway. He'd be too busy uh chatting up underage girls on Instagram. That said, yeah. the winter classic took place on January 1st between the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. The battle of the NHL's two most recent teams. In a game that Seattle won quite handily. I mean, yeah. 3-0 over the, you know, over the Golden Knights, the first ever shutout in a Winter Classic by one Joey Decord, who, speaking of the whole goal saved above average, stat, has uh, been one of the best goalies in the NHL this season. Good on the Kraken for maybe finding a goalie, given that uh, it sure as shit wasn't going to be Philip Grubauer, as we mentioned a little bit earlier (laughs) as well. Shout
2: out Joey Decord. I believe he is a Brampton Beast product (laughs) as well, too. Yeah. Hey, I went to one of his games, okay? I believe he was up with the Brandon Beast. <laughs> fucking... He was! I don't right care. Right before they folded. <laughs> fucking Pierre. Right before they folded. I don't care. Brandon Beast product, 1920 season with the ECA in the ECHL. Twelve games played, 901 save percentage, seven five and all. I'm gonna eat this corn dog.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
2: Uh, no Maguire. <laughs> Unbelievable! Hey I know my goal is okay. A lot of I know people my have goalies.
1: speculated Pierre is autistic, and you know what? Are you sure? I'm, he... I'm starting to believe
0: now.
2: Speculate, <laughs> My brother.
0: You know, even if he's just passionate, it doesn't make a difference, Pierre. We we you love heard you. Heard
2: the way he got excited about a double D on, brother. Who bam? Who bam?
0: So, you notice how quickly the Winter Classic conversation changed, and that is because that was kind of the response to the game, is that it's, okay, it's the, it's the Winter Classic, cool, and that's about what the Winter Classic is at this point. Except when we played it on Legacy last night, and we played the 2011 Winter Classic, and me as Sidney Crosby got headshotted and taken out of the game, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit too realistic for comfort.
2: Oh, uh, headshot it was it was hilarious. I mean, the strategy
0: was hilarious. Um, you know, the Winter Classic. We kind of talked about it. You know, it's like, hey, Sir Mix-a-Lot's there. And it's cool, but it's like, that—that's—that's that's, who are you trying to appeal to type yeah. of thing. Um, Again, I love Sir Mix-a-Lot. It's, I, it's just the thing, though, where you're talking about an artist in their 50s who was most popular 20, 30 years ago. When the hell did Baby <laughs> Got Back come out? When did that come out? Uh, 1992.
1: When record scratches were still a thing in hip-hop.
0: Dude, I wasn't alive when that song came out. And again, like, it's no disrespect to Sir Mix-a-Lot. The guy's a fucking legend. But he's 60 years old with his number one hit coming 32 years ago. You know, it's one of those things, like, who are you marketing to in terms of, like, ah, yes, well, you know, Sir Mix-a-Lot's going to bring eyes to this. Like, I don't know who the answer would have been. Maybe it would have been Drake. Let him enjoy the Puck Bunnies.
1: Matt um, Lamore, man. Like, it's Seattle. He's right there.
0: And he still tours and does relatively well for himself. You know? so Just do Nirvana with Joan Jett
2: just covering for, uh, you know.
0: Okay, that actually would have been pretty cool, though. That, that would have been, been sick. Kind of cool. That actually right would have there. Been pretty sick. Run.
2: Instantly. Why aren't they working with the
0: NHL? Come on.
1: Well, because it's still a, a band that doesn't really appeal to the young crowd.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. honestly, n- Nirvana has reached the point um, where the Misfits were, where you can ask a-, a kid who's wearing a Nirvana shirt, like, oh, do you like their songs? It's like, what do you mean? They just yeah. view it as a cool shirt, just mm-hmm. like the Misfits shirt ended up becoming just a cool shirt. I'm to with- be
1: honest, I had a Misfits sh- shirt, and
0: I can name maybe two of their songs. There you go. Case in point. And that's a oh. lot of kids with Nirvana now. And that's fine, because, again, no. Nirvana's peak was 30 years ago.
2: Foo Fighters.
1: Fighters. They had it.
2: It could have been the Foo Fighters.
1: <laughs> Again, it's still the problem of you're not appealing to the young crowd. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, love full I'm sorry. Dave Grohl is a legend. He's not bringing in the young crowd. Right. I, think I is right. even still borderline <laughs> <laughs> simply because his hits came out 10 years ago.
0: Mm hmm. Here we yeah. go, Ulbeck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see, Macklemore In terms of his top songs, what, "Can't what? was 2012. Uh, "Thrift Shop" was
2: 2012. Mama, yeah. I mean, legend. Fucking
0: he two in songs, and he's set for life, essentially. Hey, uh, he had wings. I, I he had
2: "Same Love." Credit. Okay, he yeah, had- no,
1: they were good. Like, no, he had good songs, but like, I'm, I'm, all downtown. I'm saying is, music is an incredible thing. Where it's like, if you just have a, a hit or two, you can be set for life. Cha 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 guy is set for life. I I saw him in so many commercials when I was in Finland.
2: Cha 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 mm. cha cha, cha like one
1: cha, hey. one song is all it takes. Yes, they have other stuff, but I'm saying is you get a hit and you uh, it's amazing. But he would have been better than anyone else. Yeah. Because of the Seattle connection and because his hits were more recent, and that music simply appeals to the younger crowd more. That's their jam. Mm-hmm. They don't care Wait, about looking- 90s hip hop.
0: I'm looking at the top 50 songs uh, USA playlist on Spotify, which gives you the most played tracks on Spotify right now.
2: Um,
0: I don't know if they're in a particular order or not. I believe they are, though. Number one is uh, a Jack Harlow song that I've never heard before,
1: Um,
0: which is fine. Um, I don't know who Noah Kahan is, but he's got the number two fucking song on Spotify right now in the US. Good for him. Um. There's quite a few people on this list I have vaguely heard of or have never heard of. And that is the point, because even getting a band for me at 29 years old where I'm like, yeah, that person. That's probably not the right demographic at that point, right? Like you want to bring in the people that are listening to who the fuck is Mitski (laughs) number four right now wait wait
2: is that the fucking is he is he is he the french guy
0: Uh, doesn't matter Um, it's a lady um uh, regardless it's just one of those things like yeah that, that general sense of like okay who are you appealing to and the whole point of bringing this up was the idea that the ratings for this were not good um they had sports competition of course it was on a monday you had college football games but the ratings for the winter classic were not good this year um i believe it was the the lowest rated winter classic um in nhl's history since they started doing this in 2008 um and in general uh this comes from sports watch media in the history of the winter classic it peaked in 2011 with washington and pittsburgh um Mm -hmm. 4.5 million people it hit 4.4 in 2014 toronto and detroit and since then has been on a pretty steady decline um and since leaving nbc um the last winter classic on nbc was nashville and dallas everybody wave at cory perry as he walks away we won't (laughs) know why he walked away um at 1.96 million viewers since then, 1.36 for St. Louis, Minnesota, 1.78 for Pittsburgh and Boston last year, and now this year was 1.1 uh, million people. So, crazy. And that's it's not rocketed well. Yeah. That's across TNT and True TV. Um, obviously, NBC, when they would air these, would be uh, on a bigger network, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, it's, you know, TNT has the rights to it. I, I don't remember what the biggest channel would have been. Uh, between Warner Brothers Discovery for what they could have aired it on. But regardless, um, you know, uh, the, the bloom has been off the rose for the winter classic for a really long time. And then you get this and the aftermath of this is Elliot Friedman on 32, 32 thoughts saying, Hey, guess who's probably getting the winter classic next year, Chicago again, which on one hand is exhausting because Chicago has been involved in three Winter Classics. Yep. I think three. Boston at Notre Dame in 2019. Um 2009 Detroit Wrigley Field. And then I feel like there was a yeah Washington in 2015. And that's just Winter Classics. 2017 st louis (laughs) i think it's four and they've had a stadium series game if i'm not mistaken It four appearances they're 0 for four by the way are the blackhawks and winter classics um love it they're a draw i mean it's yeah
1: like and obviously they want to market it hard which is a good thing those are all good things uh the biggest problem with the nhl when it comes to marketing is if especially feel like recently they are trying to market To the crowd they already have, which is not what you should be doing. Yeah, they they try to cater to and market to the crowd they currently have. And it seems like the really loud motherfuckers on social media. Hmm. Like, that's just and that's the wrong way to go about it. Here's the thing. The crowd that you already have and the loud motherfuckers on social media, the reason why they're so loud and the reason why they're all bitching is because they're invested and because they're already watching everything and keeping up with everything. You need to market to the newer people, the young people. That's the future. You have to invest in the future. So when it comes down to the music choices and everything like that, how they market and how they, again, fail their young stars, I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, incident uh, with Cole Perfetti getting slashed mm-hmm. in the face um, yep. and how they fail to protect them. Look, This is all is, is part of the same problem with the NHL when it comes to to marketing and, and how they, how they present their product. Is that they want to keep that old school thing. No one gives a shit. Wake up. People want to see high skill. Kids want to see high skill. That's just how it is. Look at the way the world's trending. Look how the NHL games are trending. That should tell you what the kids want. Mm -hmm. They want fast paced, high skill bullshit. Which, you know, is whatever. And that's just like you have to understand who the target audience and i I don't think the nhl understands who they're who they need to target to continue to grow because at this point it feels like they don't want to
0: and if they do i don't know if they know how to target younger kids and to market to younger kids right because i think the balance they had that tiktok guy
1: for a minute and he was like torn to shreds and he made like one video anyway like what I, i don't get it
0: I think like the the balance is you need to market to kids while then also appeasing the crowd that you already have in a way, right? Um and what I mean by that is the idea of like if you have the diehards who are here where you know, we have a hockey podcast, I would consider us diehards. If you have the diehards where it's just like ugh, the NHL right now. You yeah. know? That's not good. That's not good. If you have diehards that do reviews Like, of every game, like a Steve Dangle. And a lot of his videos are like, what the fuck is officiating in the NHL right now? Yep. That's not good. You need that balance of the people you already have being. As hyped up as they can be, there's always going to be people who who bitch and complain about whatever, because that's the nature of it. And you're never going to have mm-hmm. like a 100% track record with the Department of Player Safety or anything like that. You can do better than your 5% getting it right fucking percentage at the moment, though. Um, you need to have that balance of the people that are already invested being hype as shit, while also marketing to a younger crowd to be like, look at how fucking cool this is. And they're not doing either. At least in our case, as diehard hockey fans, there's an argument that while I'm still interested and invested, really, this could go for all three of us. This is probably the least interested and invested in the NHL that we have been in our adult lives. And that's the NHL's fault because of how they handle certain situations, including the Cole Perfetti thing, which we'll talk about in a minute and what the fucking culture is, at least according to Jamal Mayers. You know, it's all that it's all of that wrapped up into one big issue of like, just what the fuck is the NHL doing? And then that continues because Gary Bettman was interviewed during the winter classic. Uh, This was sometime before or after um, Paul Bissonette dropped the people's elbow on Bowie, which again, you want to market to, you know, people that's fun things to do. Um, Gary Bettman sold like
2: a motherfucker. There
0: you go. Hmm. Gary Bettman said on TNT moments ago that the league will announce a quote best on best in season international tournament relatively soon. Who the fuck wants that? An in season, because we got to copy the NBA, an in season international tournament.
1: Just let us go to the Olympics. <laughs> let the Please go to the Olympics. Just fucking do it. Like, man, I don't know the why they way... ever stopped. It was yeah. so good. So
0: good watching those Olympics teams. Like, yes, players can get hurt. Yes, you have to halt the season. But the marketing is worth it. The eyeballs that you get from. Olympic games are bigger than the eyeballs that you're going to get at any other time. It yep. is worth the pause on your season. Uh-huh. It is worth the risk of your star players getting hurt. Your stars who want to be there, by the way, I hey, guess what
2: mm-hmm. PWHL has a midseason stop to play the uh, women's world cup, the women's mm-hmm. world championship games. Perfect. Perfect. Half the season is literally just stopped. Because that's when the women's world championships are going through. This is a perfect opportunity for the women to let's say for example, you weren't like a national team hopeful to make the national team. This is a perfect time to prove yourself. Or mm-hmm. if you are like, you know, you're a star player over there, this is a perfect time to like build up chemistry with players on your team who potentially could be playing with for your country. Like, I don't yeah. I don't get it. Drew Doughty is mad because he's getting snubbed again because he loves talking about how he's getting snubbed hoping on team canada love it
0: to me the winter classic was just another reminder of like yes it's really cool the atmosphere and everything like that but it's just another reminder of a lot of the nhl's shortcomings yep. right now and there's there's a lot of those and that's that was our big problem throughout 2023 is just like jesus christ like so many of these decisions that need to be made and conversations and the, the way that you conduct things are relatively obvious and somehow you fall short and it just gets to be kind of exhausting when it's like, it it shouldn't be difficult to be a hockey fan. It shouldn't be difficult to be like, okay, cool. The Olympics, as opposed to like, the whole idea of like, oh, we don't want to go to the Olympics because the players might get hurt and we have to halt our season. The players might get hurt in this fucking in-season international tournament too. Yeah, yeah. like what the fuck? Like, uh, is it going to be like, oh, well, it's for money, so people will try like they did in the NBA?
2: If you're gonna get if you're gonna get hurt, it's gonna be on my dollar, on my watch, on my coverage. Like, I don't, I don't get it.
0: It's just the NHL being the NHL, and I. It, you know, I'm, I'm used to it at this point, but it doesn't mean that I, I have to accept it. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm used to it, but it doesn't Ball mean shot. we don't have to call it out for being ridiculous. Yeah. Aside from the Winter Classic, um, a couple of other things here. I wanted to mention the All-Star format in terms of the NHL also being a bit ass backwards in the way that they're doing things. Um, Tomorrow the NHL will be announcing one representative from each NHL team for the all-star game with the remaining 12 players needed to be uh, decided via fan vote, unless they're John Scott, in which case, fuck you. We're going to orchestrate a trade and send them to the minors. Um, I cannot stand the whole one person per team thing Um. I get the idea of wanting to market and say, well, even the Sharks have an all-star this year. I get that. But then is it really the, I mean, it's the all-star game of one of every team as opposed to being the best of the best. Yeah, it shouldn't be that way. I just, I don't have too much energy to bitch and complain about this. No, it's just, it is what it's it is. It's same been thing for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've gone over it. But it's just another aspect where it's just like, cool. Um, so Tomash Hurdle will probably be the guy for the Sharks at 28 points in 37 games. Maybe Mikael Grandland?
1: <laughs> it's, it'll be Hurdle. He's way more marketable.
0: And it's like, does that make a... So in in this theoretical situation, you do – well, actually, in in the real-life situation, you root for the worst team in the NHL right now. But in the theoretical situation of I'm going to watch the All-Star game, which you won't because it sucks, I'm not going to watch it either. Um, But in the theoretical situation of you're going to watch this game, what's more enticing to you? Seeing the best of the best at this point in the season going head-to-head or seeing some of the best, but, oh, hey – Tomas Hurdle, he wears my team's favorite jersey. He's yeah, there.
1: I would rather see the best of the best. That that is an all-star game.
0: Like if I'm gonna buy, if I'm gonna spend money on overpriced tickets to this all-star game in Toronto, which by the way, I'm not, because Jesus fuck. Um, yeah. I don't feel like taking out a small loan just to see an all-star game that's not even actually is, an all-star game.
2: It is insane. I was talking to Johnny, aka the OA. Um Esports guy MLSE, he was saying that it makes no sense if you're gonna buy tickets for the All-Star Game in Toronto to do it. Because that same amount of money you could probably just barely afford playoff tickets for the Leafs this year. Like I remember what Deke and Monk usually go to the All-Star Games every year. And I I am not gonna be surprised if they skip out this year. Because like what? I mean I think what Deke ran like a 250 donation thing on stream for people to pay for his ticket to go and that 250 got him like the entire weekend. That won't even get you into like the fan event in Toronto. It is insane.
0: The cheapest ticket on Ticketmaster right now for the All-Star game, section 323, the upper bowl of Scotiabank Arena is $416 Canadian.
1: Jesus.
2: The best part about it, it's a part of the NHL experiences package, something that I signed up for. Was I'm like, eh, hey, you know, I'll check out, see what what other benefits they have, and it's like, oh, you get an arena tour. I'm like, I I live here, I've I've seen Scotiabank Arena, I've played on Scotiabank Arena, I've seen everything that has to be inside that goddamn building. Maybe maybe not like a few suites, but like there's there's nothing real. Oh, here's cement here's where the Leafs have lost historically since they moved into this building since 1999. Like what?
0: And here's where James Reimer cried on the ice. (laughs) It's beautiful. Oh man. Um, I had to bring that up at least just because it's going to be in the topic of conversation, but I do want to mention one fun NHL thing, a fun one as opposed to one of the other kind of negative ones that we have coming up here in a second. Um, Connor McDavid. We like talking about Connor McDavid and we have to talk about Connor McDavid often because he often shows up in these conversations. And the most recent thing to happen is that two days ago, Connor McDavid was welcomed to the 900 points club. That's becoming the fifth Fastest player in NHL history to do so. Can you guys together name the four that did it faster? Uh, Wayne. Wayne
1: Wayne Gretzky. Correct. Actually, Endo go first because you have to bounce.
2: Yeah, Wayne Gretzky, I'm um, stealing yours. Uh fucking, I don't know, man. It's the easiest. Mario one. Correct. Um, who's that guy who played for um uh, the Islanders. I can't Bullshit, remember you got to
1: know his name. He's that on the right guy.
2: He had like a higher goals per, like goals per game. I know than who like it anybody is. Else God damn. Yeah.
1: Brian Trottier. No, oh my no, no, no. God, no. I don't know. All right, Fuck so Endo's stuck. I'm no. going Gretzky, Lemieux, <laughs> Yager, <laughs> Bossy,
0: and... Ah, Bossy. Well, you named four and three got... of them. We're correct. What? Yager wasn't Brilliant. correct. Yager wasn't correct. Shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got this. you. You probably won't get the last one, even with the hint. So it's fine. Okay. Connor McDavid secured. And we do have to say goodbye to endo, by the way, he does have to uh, get to a, a hotchy game. I so have, endo, yeah. we love you. Endurance M on Twitter. And we'll see you tonight for more legacy.
2: Yeah. See you guys. Bye.
0: Beautiful. Hello. Bye. Um, Connor McDavid did it in 602 games in fourth place. Peter Stashney, mm. 599 games. Wouldn't have got that. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> in 582 games, Mike Bossy. In 463 games, Mario Lemieux. And in 385 <laughs> games,
1: Wayne Pretzky. Oh, it's so absurd.
0: Every time we do one of these McDavid Oh my god, milestone things. It's always like, well, how how quickly did Wayne do it? Yep. And every time the numbers fucking hilarious. Every single time. <sighs> um it's funny because now you you track like people are like naming people that McDavid has more points than and it's like Tony Amani, Corey Perry, Jonathan Taves, noted top 100 player of all time. Uh, Peter Forsberg, Ilya Kovalchuk, Eric Lindros. And it's like, it's it's insane. And he is insane. And obviously, he is a, a huge part of the reason as to why, you know, once he got healthy, right? Because he got injured and then played in that outdoor game. And it's like, what are you doing? Oh, we got to market him for TV. Yeah, that's marketable. Um, <laughs> that kind of brings us to the... <laughs> Let's not get back into the mayor's thing, but not yet. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the Oilers have turned it around this season. Like they're still technically not even in the top three spot in their division right now because that slow start was brutal. And I don't think that Jay Woodcroft was necessarily the problem, but there is no denying they have improved since they fired him. They have gone 16, 6 and 0 since November 12th, which is the second best points percentage in the league. They have the second most goals for uh, they're tied for sixth fewest in terms of goals against like the team has turned around and been more of what they were expected to be. Um, Again, sometimes a coach just loses the room. It doesn't mean he's necessarily a bad coach. Sometimes it's just time to move on. Um, You know, we saw that with the Bruins where it's like, you know, they wouldn't have won. I don't think they would have won 65 games to Bruce Cassidy last year. I don't just the, the way the locker room was and the style. Um, But then obviously it worked out really well for Bruce Cassidy. He went on to win the Stanley cup. With the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, it's just how the game works sometimes. As we've talked about before, it's always easier to get rid of a coach than it is to, you know, completely reconstruct your entire team. So um, outside of that, we have two other things, one of which was the World Juniors, which was going to be more of an endo topic than a sin topic, because I know sin hasn't really uh, paid too much attention to it. Um, we are down to the gold medal game as of this afternoon. It is going to be the United States taking on Sweden. Uh, the U.S. knocked out the Finns uh, earlier today, and Sweden beat the Czech Republic. Um, Arguably the biggest talking point in regards to this tournament it would have been Canada falling short, as they did. Um, it led to the very typical thing of people being ridiculous on social media to the point where like Oliver Bonk for Canada disabled his Instagram and shit like that and you know, I was gonna mention Ferendo just like that's just kind of how it's been set up in Canada. Like the importance of the world juniors and anytime they fall short, there's a history of the players, you know, you're talking guys twenty and under that just get verbally abused on social media. Like it happens all the time. Was it Max Comtois? Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, it's yeah. every year. Can- Canadians yeah. just fucking
1: go crazy on their players. It's really gross. And grow up, man! Like, holy crap! I don't even want to talk about it too much because it's depressing. And we've already talked I've about come it enough. Back depress- to make an
2: announcement about the World Juniors, hi, I'm still kind of like leaving for hockey stuff. Yeah, fuck Canada! Fuck every single boomer who's harassed anybody from the World Junior Championship team or anyone a part of any sort of team in the World Juniors. They are at, they are teenagers. You are getting mad over patriotism, over children, essentially, playing a hockey game for the passion of their country. You haven't done fucking anything in your life to dignify yourself to have that sort of power or influence on those people. Fuck you. You're disgusting. You are... What is wrong with the game? Uh, Jennifer Bonneville was right. Fuck you guys. Anyways, I'm out. God bless America.
0: Thank you, Endo Mills. That was actually perfect. Um, You know, outside of that, World Junior-wise, you know, you can kind of talk about certain performances. Cutter Gautier, who was a Philadelphia Flyers top five pick leading the tournament in points. Um, A lot of people looked at that U.S. roster as like, shit, probably the team to beat. Uh, And then Sweden as the hosts uh, making it to the final um, I'm very excited to watch that final game and hopefully, I don't know. Did they change the rule? Can this tournament still end in a fucking shootout? Hopefully not. not. Um, cause that's a fucking terrible rule, but it is what it is. If that is still the case, um, our final talking point today is another like, Oh good. This, this conversation again, type of things over the last week, Minnesota played Winnipeg. Um, these two teams have a uh, a history of being rather physical when playing one another, if not dirty. It's just, it's just kind of what it is. If you ask both sides, fan bases from both sides, fuck them, fuck them, that type of thing. In the last game that they played, Ryan Hartman off a face-off against Cole Perfetti uh, hit Perfetti in the face. And with his stick. So essentially both guys taking the face off and Hartman just kind of tilts his stick blade forward and smacks Cole Perfetti in the mouth. Cole Perfetti stated that Ryan Hartman made it very clear to him after the high stick on New Year's Eve, that it was intentional and retribution for an injury to Kirill Kaprizov, who was involved in a situation with Brendan Dillon where Dillon Cross-checked him in the fucking kidneys. Like, Did
1: Brendan Dillon
0: things. <laughs> um, Profetti, who of course had nothing to do with that incident, um, was was none too pleased. Uh, Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet made it clear, um, further note on the Hartman situation. In exchange for players wearing microphones, because yes, players wear microphones, and it was captured on said microphone of Hartman being like, yeah, it was intentional. In exchange for players agreeing to wear the microphones, none of the audio captured can be used in connection with disciplinary action. This goes back to the 2005 agreement with the Players Association to even have the players wear the microphones in the first place. Kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Makes for good clips, though, when it's... Someone's celebrating a goal, and you can hear the boys going, fuck yeah, fucking right. Um, This has obviously led to a lot of uh, talking in regards to that rule, the league itself. This wraps up with the whole Department of Players' safety and their lack of action, of course. Um, This led to a heated as was described by sportsnet themselves who hosted the segment a heated exchange involving jamal mayers on a on a panel and jennifer Botterill where jamal mayers kind of took the approach we expected a former player to take soon, didn't he mm-hmm.
1: i mean just the whole it's fine because you go and police the game and you get revenge and, and this is this is how the game is played and and he honestly was cooked by Jen, Jen Botterill. She made the, the best point is that this is, you, this is not how you market your stars. This is not what you need to be telling young people to go in. Hey, if you're on a team who does something bad, you're, you're, you're in danger of getting your fucking teeth knocked out. And by the way, Cole Perfetti has had concussion history. history. just got slashed in the face. Yep. Slashed in the head. And, of course, when confronted with that, Jamal was like, no, I'd tell my kid, you know, this is just part of the game, blah, 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 And, of course, everyone's saying, duh, Jen is, you know, she didn't, she doesn't play in the NHL. By the way, she's a fucking, like, world champion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, it's not for the NHL. So, clearly, women trying to ruin the game and soft game and, oh, my God, like, you're
0: i love the audacity of people saying that a three-time olympic gold medalist doesn't know what she's talking about
1: yeah
0: and also that's the the point that we've gotten to in these conversations is just goes to show you that people who say that shit
1: never had a leg to stand on to begin with basically they're just going to Uh, agree that it doesn't matter an NHLer could come out and disagree and they'll still fucking have something to say against it. They've, they have their position. They'll use any excuse necessary to back it up. And the easiest one is, I go with the NHL. Or no, you go with it because you're a fucking troglodyte who likes
0: violence. Yep. Just be honest with yourself. Pretty much. Um, uh, You know, we, we mentioned the Department of Player Safety and its inconsistency. And we got another example. Um, There was an incident involving Jason Zucker and Nick Cousins. And obviously Nick Cousins name over the last couple of weeks has been in the spotlight of like being involved in incidents and nothing really happening. Uh, So Jason Zucker went after him and despite being a first time offender was suspended for three games because. how How dare you retaliate against the guy who always does dirty shit, you know? This would be like if Brad Marchand, at his peak rat behavior, wasn't suspended after kneeing somebody, but then the guy that jumped him afterwards gets suspended for it. It'd just be bullshit. It's the only way to put it. Yep. Um, We talked about it a lot in the last show and kind of how we felt about the state of hockey in 2023. And obviously, this show has been another example of the good but the bad in terms of hockey. That is just what it's been so consistently for the past year and a half, two years. I mean, it's always been that way, but like that really just ugh, feeling of what the fuck are we doing here? It's one thing when you're talking about officiating in DOPS, but then when you get the real life subjects being mixed into it, it just makes situations like this feel so much worse. Yeah. And when you have a former player like Jamal Mayers being like, That's the game, it's just Again, the idea of the NHL. What is your game? What are the rules? Who are you marketing to? Are you trying to keep the same culture that led to people having serious drug addiction issues uh, that led to people having severe CTE issues, which led to deaths? Is that the culture that we're trying to keep? Or do you want it to be a fast, exciting game that also has physicality? instead of being a game of physicality that also has exciting plays. It needs to be the first one where skill and entertainment value comes first. I am still perfectly fine with these, you know, awesome body checks and center ice or a hip check that fucking flips somebody. I've mentioned it before too. I'm someone where it's like, man, if there's fighting in the league, cool. I'm good with that at the NHL level. Doesn't need to be at the fucking CHL level. Oh, but players need to learn how to protect themselves. Fuck off. Um, it's it's just
1: one of those things where it's like... They learn that in training camp. You always see a video of a guy who fights training younger guys how to protect themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need it in the CHL when their brains are still developing. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> it's just the kind of consistent back and forth of... Oh, back in my day in hockey, I watched Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em and watched all the fights and everything. And it's like, how many of those dudes that you watched have, are, a have a good quality of life at this point? Whether or not they're in their 50s, 60s, or beyond. And even then, you can talk about guys like Ryan Kessler, like Zenon Kanopka, who is 43 and has been incredibly open about the fact that he struggles to play with his own fucking kids now because his body is fucking destroyed. You know? It's just one of those things where it's that constant debate of what are you marketing the game to be? What do you want the persistent style to be? Because at the end of the day, whatever that style is, is what people will do. And if the style caters to, I can punch my way to the NHL, destroy my fucking body more than it's already going to be destroyed from being a professional athlete, and to hell with the consequences because it's my dream. We've already seen what the result of that is. The result of that is Derek Bogard, is Wade Belock. That's just a fact. We know this. We saw it. It happened. We're not advocating here as hockey fans to get rid of the physicality of the game. But the physicality of the game and uh, the fucking code and all that shit. It's got to be secondary at best. What's going to lead to the NHL having more success? Is it going to be Connor McDavid scoring these sick goals? Or is it going to be, man, did you see that guy get taken out on a fucking stretcher? like, yeah, that, that, type of, that type of marketing is really working out for Dana White's slap fight right now. That's, or power slap, whatever the fuck it's called. That's really working out for their marketing. They have a stellar reputation. What do you want to be? And I don't think the NHL knows, as we've kind of <laughs> covered throughout the exactly show. exactly
1: what I was going to bring up. They can't decide. Because if they want to keep this old school mentality, why don't they show clips of fights? They stopped doing that a long time ago. Because they don't want to promote that, they want the speed and skill. But now again, they're scared. They're waiting to see like which side of this fight wins but amongst their fan base. That's essentially what they're doing. The most viewed clip is still that Zegras lacrosse shit. I'm pretty sure for the NHL.
0: I'm looking should be clear their... to them,
1: but they they're they're idiots and they they can't decide.
0: I'm looking on their TikTok. And I don't know the last time that they shared a fight.
1: I don't think they would have ever ever shared in the TikTok era. Like that's how long ago that they would ever share fights. They cut them out of all of the condensed games and highlights they have for at least the last five years. Very true. Yep. So it seems like the NHL want to move in that direction, but they're fucking scared to commit to it because guess what? A bunch of old heads run the league. A bunch of old heads have been positioned in these places. A former enforcer runs the Department of Player Safety, which is stupid. Mm -hmm. And you have analysts like Jamal Mayers who are just so ingrained in that and they cannot they cannot see why it's a bad idea and when you have the outside voices the observers who guess what are also you know students of the games like jen broderall telling you like hey this is not the proper way to market they're just like they they're they're so have tunnel vision into how it's been that they cannot see the way forward this better way forward be, because of that mm. and that's the reason why the NHL continues to struggle, and I don't care. It's not that we want to get rid of physicality. We just don't want it to be the forefront. We don't want people at risk of their careers ending who are bright young players. Perfetti's a good young player. He's the future of the game, and he just got caught up in a freaking blood feud that he had nothing to do with because he's on right. the team.
0: And isn't – but what about the code, sin you're not supposed to go after Cole Perfetti. You're, supposed, you're supposed to go to. after the other team's enforcer and punch him in the face. And then he says to his young guys, don't do shit because then I get punched in the face. I thought they weren't supposed to go after Cole Perfetti.
1: Yeah. The code. Well, the co- yeah. The code is bullshit. We've always known it's bullshit. It's an ex- it's it's a bad joke. Like if the code failed. The second there wasn't a, an enforcer on every single team. There's still guys who will fight. Brendan Dillon's one of them. So go after Dillon. But, of course, he's the one who did the infraction. And so you're like, okay, well, the tough guy did that. We don't really want anyone to fight the tough guy. Let's just go after one of their skill guys. Why did not you go after Shifley? Like, he'll drop him occasionally. He's a fucking goon in and of, of himself at times.
0: You know, I'm sure the NBA really regrets marketing towards their high-skill players. <laughs> you know, instead of the era of... The Pistons. Uh, yeah, the Pistons <laughs> just brutalizing Michael Jordan or hack a Shaq. Because people are like, How the fuck do we stop Shaq? Try to injure him. That's all we can do. I- I'm sure I- I'm sure that that that's good. It's good for the players, you know? As opposed to the high skill game that they have now. Yeah. The evolution of the three evolution evolution, that's a word in sports. Evolving the game? What? Yeah. The good Weird. news is
1: is that the game is going to continue to evolve towards this high skill because the NHL did enough to put the foot in the door and all the young guys, they, again, they care about the high skill, all the ones coming in they're Most of them don't like, they don't care about the, the fighting and stuff like that. They have to learn when they get to the NHL. So at least the baseline has been set and it's going to continue to trend in this way. It's just, I'm sick of the league itself being the one to hold itself back constantly
0: the nhl hey the michigan's really cool guys weirdos on twitter don't worry guys we we still like fighting too Mm -hmm. we still like the physicality too don't worry everybody remember when we said the michigan's really cool don't say it too loud we don't want to upset the old heads the michigan's really cool wink like that that's what (laughs) that's what they do it's it's insane it's insane anyway I think that wraps us up for another edition of uh, your favorite hockey podcast that hates the NHL. Uh, <laughs> it's a difficult, it's a difficult line to toe, uh, being a hockey podcast but hating the best, uh, the number one league, not the best league, but hating the number one league uh, in that regard. But hey, uh, we do what we can, right? We I got.
1: I'll can. bring up before we even end it. When I went to the league game, um. They, they didn't give a fuck about if penalties were even like, oh, there's an infraction. I'll call it. There's a situation. Almost a scrum appeared in, in the corner. Kind of three players start jostling. All three of them went to the box. Two for one side, one for the other. They didn't make it even like you guys were involved. Go to the fucking box. Mm-hmm. It's now four on three. Enjoy. Penalty shot was called in the game because it was a penalty shot. Other leagues do it.
0: <laughs> they t- just call the rules. It was a Nick ter- Richie, Tremendous. Nick Richie is a name that I need to bring up because he is playing in Liga and he was involved in a situation where he just started fucking wailing on a guy and he got suspended for eight games. Good. Imagine eight games. Holy shit. As opposed to all the other stuff that. Ha- When's the last time. The NHL handed out an 8 game suspension for something that happened on ice. Because the most recent long suspension um was Gambling. Shane Pinto. And that was again for off ice. So I'm trying to think when the hell was the most recent like longest suspension like Tom Wilson I think Tom Wilson was involved in the playoffs or no. In, in or the, the preseason it? even, but that was shortened to regular season. Um I'm I'm trying to remember. Like it's been very uh very few and far between that the NHL has actually dropped the hammer on somebody and actually fucking suspended them. <laughs>
1: I, I it's, it's funny. I, I just Googled NHL eight game suspension. The first thing that pops us is NHL And then like the blue text with the link and eight game suspension right below. No information is available for this page. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, NHL everybody enjoy it.
1: Love it. Some cadre. Eight, suspended eight games for the hit on Justin Falk. 21. Twenty twenty. Okay. Okay.
0: And how many incidents have happened since 2021 that could have justified a game suspension? That quite a like, few. Yeah, eh, that's a fine. It'll teach
1: him. it'll teach him. Yeah, that, that's how Ryan Hartman keeps escaping. He has no history, despite having like six fines in the last. It's it's insane. Like how, how people don't get histories because they don't get
0: fucking suspended.
1: Ugh, fines should count as
0: history, by the way. But don't worry. Because, as reported by uh, the fourth period, David Pagnot on Twitter, I just saw this. The NHLPA is making a, quote, important announcement next Wednesday, January 10th, with the Mental Health Commission of Canada opening minds, quote, on a new program to support the mental health of NHL players. Well, they need all the support they can get because the NHL is perfectly fine with most of these guys still getting brained on a nightly mm-hmm. basis. Um, because, as you mentioned... Um, why would a former goon see a problem with braining somebody? Really, they don't. On a positive note, um, it was also a report out from Adam Seaborn on Twitter, uh, at ahb Seaborn. inaugural PWHL game on January 1st delivered over 700,000 viewers across CBC and TSN in Canada, massive number for the league's first game. And That's that great. is the stuff that keeps this show going because, damn it, you gotta try it's it's like life in general, fucking being a hockey fan now. You gotta try to find the positives through all the negative shit. Mm-hmm. Welcome to modern day hockey fandom, everybody. With that, we will wind things down. Sin for the win. Where can people find you, you can find me on YouTube at SinftW Productions?
1: Doing, doing some different content. I I had put out a one-year rebuild challenge a few days ago on my channel of the Buffalo Sabres. It was pretty fun. And then uh, today I launched the first episode of our NHL Legacy World Tournament. I'll just be doing game by game and that'll, that sets me up with some uh, nice content for about the next week or so because I think we play like six or seven games. Seven games. So perfect. Weeks seven. worth of content right there. And I'll be sprinkling some other stuff in. I'm essentially changing up my channel. I'm doing more of other fun games I like. I'm just trying to have a bit more content, some of it easier to record, but uh, some of it a bit more difficult. I'm just trying to keep things fun and keep myself engaged in the content creation. So tune in.
0: You can find me at 2 24 on Twitch and YouTube, of course. Sin will be there as well as we continue probably a journey through some older NHL games. Um, the All-Star... The Eastern All-Stars were actually just announced. Um, from Chris Johnston, just one defenseman amongst the first 16 All-Star selections, that's Rasmus San- uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. Top five league scorers are Temi Panarin, uh, Temi Panarin and William Nylander were passed over for teammates Igor Shosturkin and Austin Matthews, meaning they'll need to get in via fan vote. <laughs> Two of the league's top five scorers are not instant All-Stars. I wonder why no one watches the fucking All-Star game anymore. With that, everybody, we will be back at some point next week. Might still stick to one show for now. We shall see. Uh, At the very least, we thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you all then. Have a lovely weekend, and make sure to check out those PWHL games on Friday and Saturday.